Look, it's so good to be here this morning. Um, what I love is the fact that three years ago, this was merely a vision. This was merely an imagination that we were going to get to this stage. I remember three years ago, sitting in a room, and we were thinking, you know what? When it hits 150, we'll do a second service. And look where we're doing now. We're doing this additional service. I remember we were sitting down and going, oh, man, we're at the moment, we're at 50 people. We're 50 number in this church. And now, like, I don't know how many there are, but I can only imagine there's over 175 or something like that. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But it's, it's wonderful to see so many people here and so many kids going out as well. And what I love is that, and I'm, I'm going to try and be calm, I'm a passionate man, um, I'm also uh, Indian culture, so I like hearing back from people, let's not be too English today, so if you agree with me, you know, let me know. Um, I love the fact that when we look at church, church is not something that is white middle class. I love that. I love the fact that in UK, even though we imagine what church looks like, that's not what church actually is. And as I was kind of unpacking church a little bit, as I was praying and thinking about this International Sunday, I just fell in love with the church more and more. That's what, that's what happened. I fell in love with the church more and more. And my heart is to basically expose what has been going on in my mind to you all about three main reasons of why I love the church. That's it. That, I just want to share with you three reasons of why I love the church. I could go on for days, and honestly, I could. Um, <laughs> But I, I just want to share three reasons of why I love the church. And hopefully, I know, hey, it's right, it's right. Um, and what I hope is that after we do this, we will stand together and we will celebrate and rejoice in the fact that we are an international church. Are you with me? Awesome. Okay, let's start. One reason, why do I love the church? Because Jesus loves the church. That's the fundamental reason, right? Because Jesus, I haven't stopped my timer, so I've still got half an hour, cool. Um, uh, because Jesus loved the church. Man, that's the fundamental reason. That has to be, that has to be the absolute fundamental reason. You look at every other religion, anything, look at everything, Buddhism, Hinduism, Jewism, atheism, that, that can be classed as a, as a faith class. You look at any other religion, and there's not a single one where there is a God who loves his people. That, that is incredible for me. And if you're not a Christian here, let me just explain to you a little bit through a, a Bible verse. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever does not mean English. Whoever does not mean Nigerian, whoever doesn't mean a particular class, whoever means whoever. Isn't that amazing? And I, and I think as well, what, what is incredible about that is um, the fact that Jesus came down to be one of us, this God, almighty God, came down to be one of us because of love. Does that make sense? It wasn't because he had to tick a little checkbox. It wasn't because he had to do a certain thing. It's not a ritual that he came down here. He actually came down here to make sure that we could be sanctified and saved because of his love. Christianity without Jesus' love is utterly foolish and utterly idiotic. But Christianity with Jesus' love, with his life, with his death, with his resurrection, which there's proof of, is utterly important and utterly freeing. That's what I love about this. And the fact that I can say I am part of this church, I am part of the, the sonship, the, the adoption of, of, of a family in this church, 
makes me love it more. You know, I, I'm, I'm a husband, surprisingly, I know. I'm a husband. I've got an incredible wife who's way better than me. Um, but as I was reading through it, I was thinking about myself. And I was thinking, okay, well, I love my family. I love my family. Don't know about you. You love your family. I love my wife. I love my wife. And I'll do so much for her. But this is what the Bible calls me to do as a husband for my wife. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blameless. Blameless? Blemish? Blemish. Um, Adam preached that at my wedding, and I remember hearing it, and I hear he just stopped that love your wife. Love her. And I was like, okay, I will do. And I read it again this week, and I was like, Adam, why did you not tell me that part? Like, why did you not tell me the fact of how far to love my wife? I love my wife abundantly, but there's no way, <laughs> there's no way that I can do the exact same. But that's what Christ did for us, for you. Christ loves you so much that he would die for you so we can be completely spotless and blameless. Now, here's the wonderful part. As, as I love my family, it's normally in that environment that then when others come in, you all just feel loved. Do you know what I mean? I, I, sometimes I, that's how I try and um, help lead the youth group, which I get a real privilege of doing so. What we try and do is we try and be a family so that when others come in, they are feel loved in that family. Do you know what's amazing about this? As Christ loved us as a church, so we then love as well. That, so Christ loved the church, so we love as well. 1 John 4, 4 verse 19 literally says that. We love because Christ loved us first. So it then makes us go, well, if I'm part of this church... And because Christ loved the church, so I need to love the church. Does that make sense? Do you, see, do you see that flow? Christ loved me. Because I'm full of love, I then love the church. When, when I realized that, kind of looking through the preach, it just made me incredibly grateful that I'm part of this family. Incredibly grateful. I love the different prayers that were coming out. And Andre and Elise, I'm just so amazed by you both. Especially how you've raised wonderful girls and youth that have just been wonderful for us. But I love the fact that we can love together. It's not like an exclusive club. You don't like need a secret handshake. No, we love because Jesus loved us first. Okay, so I don't know if you're passionate about that, but I'm passionate about that. Um, reason number two why I love this church. Because of the diversity of it. Now, isn't it good that I can pick up this point on International Sunday? It kind of works out that I have. Um, but what I love is that when you look to each person, even if you're just from Seven Oaks, each person is different. Each person is unique in that way. It's wonderful. And if we look at the early church in Acts, um, how the church was moving was from house to house, from house to house. One of the reasons why Connect Groups is wonderfully important. It's moved from house to house. But then persecution came in. You read that there was real persecution that came into the church. And it was often seen that was going to dampen it. I was going to stop it. But actually, you just spread it further. It's like um, if you have an oil fire. You know, if you have an oil fire, if you try and pour water on it, because they don't um, kind of uh, mix together, it blows it out. And it's like, it was like that. When persecution came to dampen the church, it blew out. 
And I love the fact that I can recognize that Christianity is from a Middle Eastern root. I recognize that and I appreciate that. But I love the fact even more that it hasn't stayed there. I love the fact that actually... And I, and I really honor the fact of these people who went through that persecution to spread the gospel to nation, to nation, to nation. So that I today can stand here being full and free knowing that Christ loves me because the gospel was spread. Does that make sense? That, that's, that's where the diversity comes in. And um, I think as well, Colossians 3.11 just adds that. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, um, free, but Christ is all and in all. Because of what Christ has done, again, we all can be free. We all can be saved. We all can celebrate together. It's not a specific culture. No, we are all in this together. Um, but I love as well diversity doesn't just mean ethnicity. Do you know, we sometimes do that in our culture. We go diversity, or it means there's, there's a white person, a brown person, a black. We often think that that's how diversity is, the rainbow of colors. No, diversity is ourselves, our personalities. I love the fact that I, I can't play drums. I'm so happy about that because there's so many talented people that can. I'm so happy that I can't make a good cup of tea. I know it. I drink peppermint tea. I know I can't make a good cup of tea. But I love the fact there's so many people that can, that serve in the teas and coffees, that serve in different ways. I love the fact that it's not reliant on one person. It's not a single point failure in the church, but there's diversity in giftings that many people can do many different things. I love the fact that in the Bible as well, it talks about spiritual giftings. I love the fact that I'm not the one who, who's the most connected with prophecy. It's not about me. I love the fact that there's so many different people here that have different giftings that, that are used in the talents that the Holy Spirit has given them. I want to say as well is if you have a gifting, a talent, or anything like that, I want to encourage you that you have it for a reason. Do you know what I mean? I think it's often we maybe maybe it's just me, but I often get a little bit embarrassed by stuff like that. I don't know why. I just get a little bit embarrassed. Like, oh, I've got a word. Oh, it's embarrassing. I've got to share it. No, share it. Why? Because you have been blessed with that gifting. That's the diversity that has come in. That's the diversity that has come in. I, I think that is amazing. That we can celebrate that. That every person in the church brings something unique and different. And the church is a place where we can celebrate those differences in love. United and grounded in Christ, but celebrate the different in gifting and ethnicity. Um, not in a place that is about competition or performance, which is what culture sometimes can be like. You go into a workplace, it's all about who can climb up the ladder highest. You come to a church, it's who can celebrate together. Do you know what I mean? It's celebrating each other's giftings. Church, I want to say as well that I don't think we do that enough. I, I just Maybe it's wrong for me to say that, but I think actually it would be better for us to rejoice in our giftings more. Not because it's our giftings that matters, but it's the one who has given them. That when someone gives a word, let's celebrate. When someone gets healed, let's celebrate. When someone sings for the first time in a band, let's celebrate. Why? Because it's the gifting that God has given us that we should celebrate that diversity. That's what the church is about. Celebrating together because of what Christ has done for us. And as Adam said before, this is a slight reflection of what heaven's going to be like. I love the fact that heaven is what I imagine it to be after reading the Bible. Um, it's not going to be a place where it's going to be um, weighing up who has done the most. 
oh, have you done this? Oh, I've done that. Or having agenda or being about uh, politics like Brexit and anything like that. You ain't going to have a Brexit in heaven, do you know what I mean? You're not going to have that nonsense. But it's going to be about actual celebrating and rejoicing together. Um, Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, doesn't matter the language your tongue is now, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. The uniting in that is just wonderful. So what we shouldn't do now is we shouldn't be split about diversity. You know, we should celebrate diversity because it's there for a reason. And if you have come to this church for the first time, because you just saw in the papers that we're doing International Sunday or anything like that, know that this church, like every church should be, celebrates in the diversity in ethnicity and giftings because that's what the church is about. It's about Jesus. And if Jesus loves diversity, so must we. Cool. All right, let's go to the next one. Oh, just completely forgot to share a Bible verse. That's okay. Um, and I think as well, one of the things that is crucially important are, um, is knowing that this is home for you. Do you know what I mean? Normally at home is where you're, you feel welcome, you're at peace. Know that you can feel home here. At Disney, when I go to Orlando, when I go to Disney, they have amazing things. The Americans are just so good at being quite welcoming sometimes. Um, but majority of the time at Disney, they have to be. And every time you go through the gates, every single time they go, welcome home. Every time, every time. And after a while, you're like, <laughs> okay, it's not my home. But um, it's, it's such a lovely thing. I want to say... For those who are looking for a church or anything like that, welcome home. This is home. This is where home's meant to be. This is where home should be. Now, church might be different for you. The style of how we're doing church might be different for you. That's okay. It's all right. It doesn't matter. There's not a culture or a formed way that we have to follow. This is home. Welcome home. And I love the fact that that's what Jesus has asked us to do. Because of his love, we can be children and family at home with him. Cool. Right. Let's go to the third one. Why do I love the church? Well, I love the church because of the calling to mission. I love the church because of the calling to mission. I love the fact that though we have diversity in culture and ethnicity and giftings, there's these golden strands of truth that weave us all together. One of them is the adoption in Christ. One of them, the fact that is, it doesn't matter that I look different to you and you do look different to me. The fact is, we are both adopted in Christ and therefore we are united in that family. There's a wonderful, do you see that golden strand of truth that unites us together? Here's the other one that's just wonderful. Um, it's the fact that it's the calling over us to do mission. Adam um, shared it already, but let's look at it further. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This is a, a wonderful golden strand of truth that I urge you to grab hold of today. I urge you to do so. Um, and Jesus came and said to them, this is when before he's about to send off his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I love the fact that he asks us to make disciples. I love the fact that that's, that's the calling out of that, to make disciples. 
And um, it's not just, he hasn't just left and said, okay, go make disciples. He said, go make disciples, and here's how you're going to do it. Here's the encouragement of how to do it. And Adam picked up this already. It says, of all nations. Of all nations. Um, and it's so important we understand this calling is to grow up and go out. To grow up, becoming more like a disciple, becoming more like Jesus, but then to go out. It's, it's like this. I've got this, this bag of pumpkin seeds here. Okay, I've got this bag of pumpkin seeds. And let's just say I want to make um, a whole bunch of pumpkins. A really stupid way of doing that is just to drop the bag on its own in one place. It's, it's a ridiculous way. You're not going to really grow pumpkins by just dropping a bag of pumpkins in one location and going, oh, there you go. Let's wait for the harvest. But the way you do it is by actually, um, and I'm going to be careful how much I chuck because I know I'm going to get told off for this, um, but it's by throwing it out, by spreading it. It's by if I was to take this whole bag and I was to go to a field, if I was to dump it in one hole, it would be useless. But if I was to actually spread it around the entire field, that's how we get the harvest. We grow up, but then we go out. That's the importance of it. Um, and this doesn't just imply countries. It doesn't just imply countries. And I think that's what's easy for us to, to take from, this, from these verses in the Bible. We often go, all nations, well, that must be Africa. Do you know what I mean? We often, we often go, that it's nations. No, going up and going out is where you are now. Where you are now. You are on mission right now where you are. It's so important that we recognize that, church. I, I, I fell in love with that more because it made, it made sense then what my purpose is to go to work. It made sense. Where I go, where I live, where I am, um, where I laugh, where I eat, all of that, I'm called to go to make disciples. Wherever I am. And Jesus knows how tough this is. He knows how difficult this is. And therefore, I love that he doesn't just say, all right, go, you're on your own. But no, he, he says, go make disciples by baptizing them. Making disciples of the command, but baptizing them is to enable that. Teaching them is to enable that. We, we, we see Jesus' life. We see the model of his life. And we follow it. As we make disciples, we help learn to teach them. We help learn to baptize them. We help learn to love them. And even more so, it's not just saying, well, these are different actions you are doing. No, he's saying, I am with you to do it. Where you walk, um, God is with you. Where you work, God is with you. Where you live, God is with you. Where you laugh, God is with you. Where you eat, God is with you. God is with you entirely and always. That, that's what happens. Again, no other religion gets this. Not, nothing else. What, what you hear preaching doesn't have, happen in this way. The fact is, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection, he sent the Holy Spirit so that whenever we would go, he would go with us. That's so crucial. It's so important. And I think as well, I, I was listening to a preach by a guy called Pete Briscoe, and he said this really profound statement which is helping, ena helping enable us recognize what it means to walk with the Spirit. He says this, The object of our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not that we would have more of Him so we could use Him, but so that He could have more of us so He can use us. 
Let me say that again, I'll break it down. The object of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, i.e. why we are filled with the Holy Spirit, why we are called Christians, why we are actually walking with God, is not that we could have more of him so we could use him. So it's not that we could just use him for our own gain. It's not that we can use him like a paracetamol. Oh, I need a bit more of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I need a bit of healing. Let me just pray and I'm going to get it. Oh, I need some help at work for my own gain. Well, I'm going to pray and going to get it. It's not that. But so that he can have more of us so he could use us. So God can actually use us wherever we go. Every step you take, you are taking it in actually the army of God. So why the Bible talks about standing firm in faith and equipping yourself with the armor of God. It's why the Bible keeps on reiterating, because we're forgetful people, reiterating the love of God that he pulls over us. Romans 8, 37, 39 talks about um, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors means I didn't fight. That's what that means. I didn't fight, but yet I am in that victory because of what he has done and that nothing can separate me from his love. That's what that means. And so it's so important and so important and crucial that we know we are on a mission. And uh, I really struggle with this one. I really struggle with this one. I work in London um, in different projects and different buildings, all people that are um, looking just for their own gain. They're really closed off when it comes to faith. And I'm meant to go there and I'm meant to preach about my faith? I, I don't know about you if you have the same thinking, but let me help you enable that. As I was going on this journey and, and learning to preach, not learning to preach, learning what I want to preach about um, and learning to preach, to be honest. But um, what, what I think is so important for us to know is that it's not about us. It's not about us. We are not the headline of the story. And that's really difficult to hear. And if you're not a Christian, I, I apologize for me saying that. Um, but please know what I'm saying is truth. We're not the headline. My, my story is not about me. It's not about, oh, look at the great old Sanjeev and what he can do. It's, it's not about me. No, it's saying I am a vessel. I'm the substory. I'm the subheading. It's what God has done. It's what God is doing. It's what he is doing. A conversation I might take a step of faith and say might change someone's end destiny. It might change someone's eternal life. So I don't know where your mission field is right now. I don't know where it is. It might be, it might be different for each one of you. It might be a school, your youth. It might be a school. It might be teaching at a school. It might be in a local coffee shop. It might be with a mums and bums group. It doesn't matter wherever it is. You are on mission there. And you are equipped with the Holy Spirit to go. And for some of us, um, you are called here. You are called to be in Seven Oaks. In fact, all of you here, if you have come here today and you are living in Seven Oaks or living near Seven Oaks, you are called to Seven Oaks. Welcome. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the armor and the army of God. Welcome. Because we are here to do mission in Seven Oaks. That's why we're here. But this might only be temporary. Some of you might have grown up in Seven Oaks, and I just felt quite, um, quite strongly um, that some of you are here for time to then be sent out and go. Your time here is to grow up, but then it's to go out. 
And as I was preparing for the last few months, I've just had different places on my heart. And these are the places I've had on my heart. They're, they're weird, they're nutty. Slough's there for a reason. I mean, that, that needs Jesus. So um, <laughs> it's, there's just different places. I don't know what God's going to do with this. Right? This is my step of faith. This is my opportunity to say it's not about me. All right? But I don't know if some of you, that in your heart, this might be, there might be a stirring. You might have grown up in this church and you've stayed here. And like Anya, it's been comfortable. <laughs> It's been comfortable here. It's been nice here. Maybe today, after hearing all the stories about the sailboat and what the purpose of that is, one of these places might hit your heart. That it's your time here to grow up. It's your time here to mature, to become more like a disciple, but then to be sent out. We as a church are not into empireship. I need to say that quite loudly and wonderfully. We're not about empireship. We're not about a church of just growing numbers so we can say, oh, look at Hope Church. Honestly, we don't care about that. What we care about is Jesus. What we care about is making disciples. If I could summarize, if we've been doing a series on making disciples. If I could boil that down, if I could boil that essence down into four words, it's love like Jesus has. If I could boil down making disciples, that's why we're here. We're here to love. Our church vision this year is to do church bigger by loving bigger and better. Why are we doing that? Because we are making disciples. Join us on that journey. Be matured. And then be sent out, either into your workplace, either into another country or whatever. Let's stand. We're going to just celebrate in one song to finish. I know I've gone over, but um, that was normal. So, look, church, I, I've shared passionately three reasons of why I love this church. Not hope. I love hope, but it's not just hope. I love the church. I love being part of the family of God. I love it. And... I hope that you are, um, you are thinking of the same. That as I was going through these three reasons, hopefully that one of these things have just hit your heart to go, yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's not just good. That's awesome. That's amazing. I hope that I've been able to challenge us about our identity. Our identity is in Christ. It's not about our background. It's not about uh, anything about uh, where we've come from. It's about Christ. And our purpose is to live in his love and to love others like he has. That wherever we go, we are on mission. We are on his um, kind of mission field to go and to spread the gospel loudly and clearly. And normally what we would do is we would celebrate that and remind ourselves of that with communion. We would normally remind ourselves of having communion, being part of God's family. We have it and then we move on. We're not doing that. What we're going to do instead, and, and we've already said it, is we're going to have a massive celebration meal afterwards. That's what we're doing. Why? Because we are celebrating the diversity of this family in Christ. That's what we're doing. We are celebrating together with food to celebrate all nations, all God's children, to celebrate together that we are in him. And here's my challenge to you as a church. Here's my challenge before I pray. Know that you are on mission. No, that International Sunday is not just a one-off Sunday that we are doing. No, International Sunday is church every single day because we are always on mission, being diverse family. We're just wonderfully celebrating it outright. Amen? Right, let me pray. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to sing um, a great upbeat song. So I don't want us to be hands in pockets. We are celebrating with, with all the nations here. Amen? Apart from my hand in my pocket. Um, let me pray and then we're going to celebrate.
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are Lord of all. I want to thank you that we are reminded by your love for us. I want to thank you that we are reminded that we are part of our diverse family. I want to thank you that we are called to be part of the army of God. Wherever we're called, we are a mission for you, Jesus. And I pray that today and forevermore, we will continue to be part of our family and know that we are called to go out, spread the gospel and tell others about the love of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>